We'd like to welcome you back to our current event and weekly Bible study for August 2nd, 2009. We're going to be continuing with our expose on Benjamin Krem, Maitreya, the new interview that just came up the other night on George Norrie. I believe this was Friday night. And uh, uh, let's see here, 7.31.09, which was the same day that uh, Benjamin Krem put up this the uh, star teaching video. I believe he wanted it to coincide with this George Norrie interview. So this all came up on the same night. And it was funny because I believe the Lord led me to look at this that exact night. I just so happened to be up there and hadn't been up there in months. Uh, George Norrie is um, one of the most popular, uh, most listened to internet talk shows. If I think he's the the largest, probably about one of the largest, if not the largest, internet talk show, and he's also on radio quite a bit too. And here he is going to be interviewing Benjamin Krem, who has been, um, uh, evidently it's been about four years since he's interviewed him. Benjamin Krem was the man that we just first, that we heard in the first interview, who is like the Pied Piper, the false prophet from Atreya. He's been that for a long, long time. And uh, we're going to just be listening in on this right now, and I'm going to go ahead and start the interview. He is the representative for the Maitreya. His name is Benjamin Krem, and he's next on Coast to Coast AM. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. I'm George Norrie, Benjamin Krem, a British artist, longtime student of the Ageless Wisdom Teachings has become the principal source of information about the emergence of the Maitreya, what he calls the world teacher. In 1959, Mr. Krem received his first telepathic message from a wisdom master. Not long after, he was informed that Maitreya would return within 20 years and that he would be given the opportunity to play an active role in the event he so choose. Mr. Krem. Now, notice he said Maitreya was going to be coming back in 20 years, and... Uh, that was in 1959, so we're a little bit off, uh, you know, uh, how many years has it been as, as far as that goes, you know, about 30. So, again, I believe the devil um, has wanted to implement his plan much sooner, and I've talked about this in other studies that I've done, uh, but the Lord didn't permit it to happen, because the Lord has his own timetable, And uh, but I do believe we're on the cusp of it now. Graham has written ten books, gives lectures and has been on this program numerous times. Here he is, Benjamin Krem. Back, it's been a while, Benjamin. How are you? Yes, indeed, yes. I'm fine, thank you. Still speaking around the world? I am indeed, yes. Cool. For, for people who don't know who the Maitreya is, would you describe him? And then, of course, you do know he's controversial, so I'll ask you for a few of those. Maitreya is the personal name of the head and leader of a group of, from our point of view, totally perfected beings, the masters of wisdom. Okay, I just stopping right there. So he's the head of these group of beings, these masters of wisdom. These are the ascended masters that he is in reference to. Okay, and uh, I've done whole teachings on these ascended masters. If you go in keyword. Uh, Ascended Masters in the search box on my homepage on Sermon Audio under Scott A. Johnson. You'll find them. Or Maitreya, or just part of the word Maitreya, M-A-I-T. You'll find it. 
Uh, I do have a link at the head of the PDF that's associated with this teaching, and you can click on it, and you'll see all 20 of my teachings I've done on this subject with supporting documentation and PDFs. So, just so you know, if you want an education on it, you can go there as well. A group of men, men like us, who have gone ahead of us in evolution and evolved to a point within... Uh, again, here we go, already with evolution. We've evolved. Now, what... The big thing that you're going to hear, and I've talked about this, I've done a whole teaching on this, called the ancient astronaut theory. Okay, and this is what the aliens teach. This is what the Raelians teach. You've heard the Raelian cult. This is what the Ascended Masters teach. This is what people that get abducted in by aliens and UFOs, or, or supposed aliens and UFOs, they're always taught this ancient astronaut theory. Okay, and what that is, is that these highly evolved beings came to our planet millions and millions and millions of years ago and they seeded planet Earth with humanity. We were like their little science project. And they've come back, you know, periodically since then. They've kind of stayed out of the affairs of men. They, a lot of times, I believe, also represented themselves to be the gods, the deities that people worshipped. And the problem is, is we've messed things up so bad that they're going to have to come back and straighten everything out. And this is the pretext under which we're going to have all of these um, you know, uh, these ascended masters appearing and this alien agenda and everything else. Because they have to come back to police their little science project that's gone awry. Now, this same exact scenario is presented in Mission to Mars, it's the final scene of Mission to Mars. If you want to go up and, and see a real good recap of this, Key in Mission to Mars on YouTube, final scene. You'll find it. This is the exact same brainwashing that is happening, you know, consistently all over the world regarding this particular subject. So it's something that's very, very important to, because they're going to have to convince you you evolved and we're their little science project and they were our creators. Well, hey, if they were our creators, what power do we really have? We better listen to them, right? I mean, that totally rules out the God of the Bible. That totally runs con. Uh, contrary and contradictory to the word of God. So again, you're going to have to choose whom this day who you're going to serve. The Bible talks about as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord and we will we will dwell and believe in his word, not in some alien agenda or some lie that's being perpetuated by Satan. Let's go further. No longer need to be on this planet, but a large number of them remain on the planet to oversee the plan of evolution for the rest of us. The head leader of that group is the Lord Maitreya. Okay, so again, some a lot of the Ascended Masters left. Some of them stayed behind. The head of them is Lord Maitreya. He's the one that's stayed to police his little science experiment, us, humanity. And he holds the office of world teacher and is expected by all the major religions under one name or another. Christians await the return of the Christ. Maitreya embodies what we call the Christ principle, the energy of love. He is awaited by Muslims as the Imam Mahdi. Several of them, the Shiite groups, believe that he is either in the world or expected to be in the world within the next three or so years. Hindus await the coming of Krishna. Buddhists await the coming of Maitreya Buddha. They have his name right. 
2,600 years ago, the Buddha made a prophecy that at this time would come into the world a new teacher, a Buddha like himself, by name Maitreya, who by dint of his extraordinary spiritual stature would galvanize and inspire humanity into the making of a brilliant golden civilization based, as he put it, on righteousness and truth. And this is, I believe, the Maitreya Buddha that is expected by Buddhists. Although I know Japan very well, I go there every year, and the Buddhists in Japan expect Maitreya Buddha, but they see him coming in something like 650 million years from now. Well, to my mind, they've got it totally wrong. Maitreya is in the world came into the everyday world from the Himalayas where he has lived for thousands and thousands of years and took up his position in the Asian community of London on the 19th of July 1977. Has now reached a point where he can come openly into the world and we expect this to take place very, very soon. How soon then? Very soon. I can't give you a date. It might be tomorrow, a week's time, three weeks from now, two months, any time in the immediate future. I know when we... Again, I believe that that depends on the coming world crises, cataclysmic events, when he finally makes this appearance. Now, it's termed in his literature as the Day of Declaration when he's actually going to go and he's going to actually be interviewed by an American film crew, and that, from what I have read, everyone on the planet will, will hear him telepathically. And they're going to hear uh, his message in their language, and everybody's going to understand him. You're going to have the, these uh, big, gigantic spaceships to boot, line signs and wonders mingled in, and a gigantic world crisis on top of that. People are going to be desperate. They're going to be desperate for a savior. And this is under the pretext, most likely, in which he will come. We talked four years ago. It's been a long time. Four years ago, um, you know, the word of the Maitreya was starting to get out. Is he well-known in Europe? I don't think he's more well-known in Europe than in America. I've had more media coverage in America than anywhere else in the world. So I would think that the people in America are probably more informed about Maitreya than anyone. Although the Japanese, although I don't get, because of the language problem, I don't get the same media coverage, the, the, the Japanese are tremendously involved. If I hold a lecture in, in Tokyo, well, I was there in, in May this year, there are 2,000 people at a lecture. Well, that's a lot of people. Yeah. Now, I've got to ask you this, Benjamin. While we chat this hour, and I may keep you for phone calls for an hour after that, there are a lot of people who do study the Maitreya. They truly believe that he, it, whatever you want to call this, is the Antichrist. Yeah. And I know you, know you don't get offended when you get those questions no, asked, and you're all. going to get a lot of those tonight, but I do need you to address that. People believe he's the Antichrist. Yeah. Why? Well, people are completely wrong because they don't know what the Antichrist is. The usual... Okay, so now we're going to get a Bible lesson from Benji Cream. Okay, just so you know, he is going to become Mr. Bible Teacher for us, and we need to just pay attention and listen to what he has to say. 
idea of the Antichrist is that there will be some kind of a man who will appear before the Christ, and this is the expectation of Christians that the Christ will return, although they don't know when, or the manner, and uh, they, they posit the idea that before he comes, will come into the world a man who could be mistaken for the Christ, but he is in fact evil incarnate. He is the devil. He is all the, the worst possible evil they can imagine. It's their own fears that they project onto Maitreya. Actually, no, Benjamin, it's not our own fears. It's just plainly what the Word of God plainly states. Now remember, if we go back to Second Thessalonians 2, verse 8 through 13, regarding the end times that we're living then, and then shall that wicked, with a capital W, we're dealing with the Antichrist here, be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. See, the Lord's going to destroy him with the brightness of his coming and with the spirit of his mouth. But the wicked will be revealed, the Antichrist will be revealed before that happens. Okay, so this is where one of the many verses in the Bible where we can derive this from. But evidently, Benjamin Krem thinks that he can interpret Bible for us better than what the word of God plainly states. That's why the Bible said, Cursed be the man that trusteth in men in man, and that maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. Jeremiah 17.5 If you put your trust in Benjamin Krem or Maitreya or any of these ascended masters, um, your heart will depart from the Lord, and you are going to bring yourself under a curse. You are going to be deluded and deceived. Okay? And eventually your conscience will be seared with a hot iron. You won't be able to even believe truth. I mean, the longer you stay in this stuff, the more risky it, it becomes. Uh, the Bible says there is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Proverbs 14.12 and Proverbs 16.25. And that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked, who can know it? Jeremiah 17.5. And that he who trusteth in his own heart is a fool. Proverbs 28.26. So you don't want to trust in your own heart. Okay? Because that's exactly what this movement is going to ask you to do. Trust in your own heart. Oh, it feels right. Wow, these spaceships seem real. Wow, it seems so nice. Peace, love, joy. You know, that's exactly what they're tr saying they're going to offer. But it's absolutely the opposite of everything that they're saying. Satan is a master deceiver and a master counterfeiter. And only the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ, can bring in true peace. The Antichrist is something completely different from that. It's not a man. It is an energy deliberately released into the world to break down the old order. It's in Revelations of St. John. Okay, so notice, he said the Antichrist is not a man, it's an energy. Wow, I could have swore that in, in the Bible it was pretty clear that it was actually going to be in the form of a human man. I mean, not saying that literally he will be human, because it's hard to say exactly what type of makeup he will be. Uh, Nephilim, you know, whatever. But it's not just some energy. And notice he says he's coming to break down the old order. What is he in reference to there? I already talked about this. He's coming to usher in the new world order. The new order of the ages. Okay? Um, in the back of our dollar bill, um, a new Quaeptus Novus Order Secorum, announcing the birth of the new world order. Okay, and, and where, what is that underneath? That the or, or that's around. That's around a truncated pyramid with the all-knowing eye of Lucifer on the uh, 
not joined to the capstone, but close to it. Okay, so this is the new world order that's coming. What they say is that Jesus Christ was the one that ushered in the age of Pisces. Okay, and Maitreya is going to be the comes and ushers in the age of Aquarius. And that this is the new world order, this age of Aquarius that Maitreya is ushering in. This is what these high-level occultists teach and believe. You should probably know. Yes. It refers to the release of the Antichrist through the, the Emperor Nero, who saw that the Roman dispensation could be finished and destroyed to prepare the way for Christendom. It was released again in our time through Hitler. This is garbage. Now he's trying to convince us the Antichrist, this energy was released through Nero and then through Hitler, and acting as though the Roman dispensation was was ended at that point when it just totally continued through the Catholic Church and it continues to this day. And this goes back to the to the um to the vision that Daniel saw. You know, where we have the iron mingled with clay in the end times and the toes and feet. And that's, you know, we, we could do a whole Bible study on that. But, again, when you go to a devil to interpret the Bible, you know you're going to really get a misinterpretation. And this is what we're seeing. A group around Hitler in Nazi Germany, together with a group around Mussolini in Italy, and a further group of militarists in Japan. And these three forces, the, the Nazis, the fascists in Italy and the Japanese militarists embodied the energy we call the Antichrist. It has been and gone, it has done its destructive work and prepared the way for the coming of the Christ today. Maitreya, as far as Christians are concerned, is the Christ. And they await him without knowing that he's called Maitreya. They are looking for Jesus Christ. Well, Jesus is a disciple of Maitreya. And 2,000 years ago, Maitreya used the vehicle, the body of, of, of uh, the disciple Jesus to manifest for three years from the baptism to the crucifixion. Jesus gave up, made two enormous sacrifices. One was the giving up of his body for the use of Maitreya for these three years, and the other to be literally crucified on the cross, which is a symbolic enactment of a great initiation, which in the West is called the, the crucifixion. In the East it's known as the great renunciation, in which all is renounced, even death, life itself, for, for the higher life of the, the uh, resurrected masters. With this return, Benjamin, of the Maitreya that could come at any time, why? Why now? Okay, so that was the end of this part one on, on YouTube. Uh, wow, what rank blasphemy that was. Now, I've talked about this before, but now you heard it right out of Benjamin Krem's own mouth, that they believe that this what they refer to as Master Jesus. Now, remember, when Maitreya comes back, he's going to come back with his hierarchy of ascended masters. Guess who's one? Of, guess who, who? One of them is going to be this Master Jesus. It's not the Jesus Christ of the Bible. It's the ascended Master, New Age Devil version. Remember, Satan is a master counterfeiter. What Krem just said, in case you didn't catch it was that when Jesus came here, he was actually a disciple of Maitreya. 
okay, and that during the last three and a half years of his ministry, when Jesus went about doing miracles and really was the thrust of his ministry, that the reason that he was here and what gave him the power to be here and do the miracles and these types of things was Maitreya. They, they teach that Maitreya overshadowed, essentially possessed the body of this Master Jesus and that Maitreya was the one that gave him all of his power to do the things that he did and that the Christian scriptures are just flawed and in error and got it all wrong. This is what they teach, and this is what they are going to be teaching when he makes his emergence, with all lying signs, power, and wonder. And he's going to have a long-haired, hippie, freak version Jesus with him. Now, I say that because the, 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 the images that we get of Jesus Christ are not accurate. The Bible says, Doesn't nature therefore itself teacheth us that it is a shame for a man to have long hair? Why do those Jesus pictures all have him portrayed with long hair? Okay, they have this this really good looking guy with long hair. Okay, and the Bible talks about that that there was nothing in him that was to be desired physically. I don't I don't believe he was an exceptionally really good looking looking person, um, and um, he wouldn't contradict the word of God regarding long hair. Anyway, those images come from the Catholic Church. Okay, amazingly enough, if you do research on this in this area, you will find that this other Jesus that we're talking about looks exactly like all of those pictures. What is his name? Sananda Emmanuel Jesus is what they will typically call him. Sometimes they'll call him Sananda, sometimes they'll call him Emmanuel, Master Jesus. He's part of this Ascended Master hierarchy. Essentially, um, what we have here and what they're claiming his position will be, will be at the head of the Catholic Church. He is going to be the one that comes back to particularly unite all of the Christian-oriented religions, whether it's Orthodox, Russian Orthodox, Greek, whether it's the Catholics, whether it's the Protestants, whether, you know, and then that encompasses, you know, Lutherans, Methodists, Assembly of God, whatever. The Master Jesus is going to come back with Maitreya in order to placate those supposed Christian masses that and convince them that Maitreya is the one that we need to look to. Okay? And that your your Bibles were perverted and corrupted. Again, the only way the devil can pull this off is by doing the exact same thing he did in the Garden of Eden, which was attack the Word of God. How did he do that? Well, when he went to Eve, what was the first thing out of his mouth? Yea, hath God said. Meaning he's questioning the Word of God. Did God really say that? That's exactly how he's going to come, and that's exactly how he is coming. And when this ascended master Jesus comes back, from all of the literature that I've read from the occultists on this, they're, they're saying he is going to become essentially the head of the Catholic Church, which is the part of, which is the one religion in the world that is most set up to, let's be, let's say, be the foundational uh, premise or, or part of all of these other religions coming underneath her. Okay, it's going to be an amalgamation of all these different religions. It's going to be like it was in the days of, um, of Babylon, okay, which is where we have the Tower of Babel. Everybody had come together, they'd all brought their, their respective occult uh, knowledge together, and we're going to be going back to that, where we're going to have this unity that they keep talking about underneath a one-world religion, and the particular head of that is most likely going to be this ascended master, Sinan Jesus, which very well could be the false prophet. 
Okay, It seems to me it would be a logical thing for him to be the false prophet and for Maitreya to be the actual Antichrist. False prophet being the head over the particular religious systems. Now again, I'm not going to be dogmatic and say it has to be that way. I'm just saying it's a possible scenario. And the devil's very good at what he does. And if you look at the scenario, you know, it, it seems to be uh, plausible, you know, if the Lord permits him to do it. So let's go further. Uh, let's go into part two now of the same interview. He comes now at this particular time because the masters as a group, quite apart from humanity, have come to an end of a cycle in their evolution which requires them to return to the everyday world where once they lived as ordinary men and women in the world. To, to show their ability to work on all planes. They have consciousness on all planes on Earth. But to show their ability to work consciously and with control on all planes in group formation. They have done this individually, but they must show their ability to do it in group formation. As their teacher, as their, their, their leader, Maitreya comes as one of them. That's the reason for coming at this moment. The other moment is, the other reason is that humanity is going through a tremendous cosmic event. The change from one cosmic cycle to another. A huge change. A huge change from the Piscean experience into the Aquarius experience. And this goes on over years and years and years. The energies of, of Pisces began to recede in 1625. The energies of Aquarius began to come in in 1675. And by now, they're more or less equal. Not quite, but very near. And the world is divided into two lots of people. Those, not because they're evil, but because they love them, who are holding on to the old ways, the old ways of Pisces, the greedy, selfish, self-interested um, ways of Pisces. And all the structures, political, economic, religious, social, scientific, educational, and so on, are all created under the aegis of the energies of, of, uh, of Pisces. But we are now in the early stages of the age of Aquarius. I, I just the new energies are coming in and are quite different from those of Pisces. But you know, Benjamin, with this entire world upside down right now, it, it is ironic that the Maitreya would, uh, would arise at the same time. No, I think it's very pertinent that just at such a time he does come to show us how to handle the situation, how to safely move from the experience of Pisces into the experience of Aquarius. The energies of Pisces have given us tremendous things like individuality, a sense of idealism, devotion to an ideal. But that ideal, because of the marked individuality at the same time, has always been our own ideal. Whatever had to do with ourselves, our family, our group, our nation, our, our country, is right, right. Whatever it does, it does no wrong, and we do no wrong. So we are built in a kind of one-sided view of life. 
Okay, so you can see what he's subtly, not subtly, but boldly implying here that anyone that would hold on or cling to their own belief system or ideals is essentially wrong. We need to give that notion up and all come together in unity. We need to go away, I mean, and particularly who they're going to really focus on and who they always seem to focus on more than anyone else are the, are the Christians, the fundamental Christians that are dogmatically holding on to the word of God. That's their biggest threat. That's Satan's... Uh, biggest threat on this planet, I'm not saying, I'm not going to take the Lord Jesus Christ or Father God or his angels out of the picture, I'm talking about from a human standpoint, as ambassadors of Christ, we are commanded in the word of God to seek ye the old paths, wherein is wisdom, that's what the Bible says, the old paths of the word of God, not to embrace this newfangled bunch of new age garbage, this, you know, another, this is another gospel, the Bible talks about cursed those that bring in another gospel. Okay, though I or, or an angel preach another gospel, let let me be accursed. That's what the Bible says. Well, this is another gospel. This is a gospel so contrary to the word of God, it defies imagination. So, this is what Benjamin Krem, Maitreya, his ascended masters, are going to be bringing. Another gospel. This Aquarian gospel. This gospel of the new world order. This gospel of unity and coming together. Tearing down everything uh, and then... In, in, People that will refuse to participate in this will ultimately, in their eyes, have to be eliminated because they don't fit in in the coming uh, New World Order paradigm. Uh, a fundamentalist view of life and left ourselves un- no longer open to other points of view. And it takes all points of view to make a world. And again, you notice he, he mentioned fundamentalism. And we're, we're closed down to those others. Uh, points of view. And again, I really believe primarily they're addressing that to the true born-again Bible-believing Christians that cling to the Word of God. We're not all thinking the same things. And we're not, not all at the same point in evolution. And so the world is really an aggregate of ideas and forces, and that has to be given expression. Whereas holding on to one dogmatic viewpoint, whether that be religious, you know, Christian or Buddhist or or Muslim or Hindu or Jewish or whatever, is not of benefit to humanity. Neither is holding on to uh, an ideological idea like socialism or communism or democracy or fascism or, or Nazism. These are mental ideas, and they only confuse. They, they block the view of life in reality to humanity. So we are all working through a fog of glamour. We don't see life as it really is. And that glamour has to be removed. The masters are p- people who have in themselves removed all hints of glamour from their emotional makeup, all hints of illusion from their mental makeup, and are perfected. And they are there to show us how to do the same thing. Now, notice also he, he had made mention that we're, we're not high, some people are not as highly evolved as others. The ones that are more highly evolved are the New Agers. They're the ones that are going to embrace Maitreya. They're the ones that are, are ready to go forward into this Aquarian Age. I would view what they would say, the worst of the worst of the worst would be the true born-again Bible-believing Christians that are clinging to the Word of God, trusting the Lord Jesus Christ, and we are the ones that are dogmatic in our belief system, but we are the ones, we are the problems. 
we have to be demonized in their eyes. That, that is a, an essential thing. And that we're not as highly evolved as the New Agers and the witches and the warlocks and all these people that have participated in paganism and things of these natures. We're not as highly evolved as them. And um, again, in this, in, in the, the scenario where I told you that they seeded the uh, Earth, this ancient astronaut theory, where they seeded Earth with humanity, we weren't humanity. Okay, when it first happened, we were essentially, um, you know, like a two-celled microbe that they seeded, that, that ultimately, you know, developed into a tadpole, that developed um, legs and came on dry land as a lizard, and then ultimately developed into a monkey, which ultimately developed into a human. That's how it's portrayed. That's how it's portrayed in the last scene of Mission from Mars, if you want to see that whole scenario that I'd mentioned earlier. That, and again, if they were our creators, then obviously they know best. And that's what they're going to try to convince everyone. Another thing that they're going to do that I failed to mention, I've mentioned this in times past, is one of the main ways, one of the uh, main ways that they're going to try to deceive humanity, and I know this because people that have been abducted have been shown this, and that the supposed alien abductors are saying when they when they make their big debut, they're going to show us a actual holographic or whatever image of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ in his life. So they're going to show us what really happened and that how we got it all wrong and that Jesus actually did come to be savior of all humanity and it's Jesus Christ isn't who what the Bible says he is. And this gets a lot into the whole Merovingian bloodline, uh, holy blood, holy grail, the whole Da Vinci Code thing. And um, that's a whole other subject I've done several studies on. But what that does is totally question and take away the deity of Jesus Christ and uh, get you questioning the word of God, which is ultimately always their agenda. How to become like them perfect. And in the immediate future, the work of hierarchy is to show us how to safely move out of, out of the restraints and exaggerations of, of uh, Pisces into the unity of of Aquarius. The energies of Aquarius are about oneness. I understand now. Unity and but with total diversity so that they are uh, a unity in diversity. The utmost diversity, the utmost individuality, but all brought together and put at the service of unity. Are you still in telepathic communication with the Maitreya? Not with Maitreya, no, but with my own master. You are? Okay, okay. How about Maitreya? Are you in contact with him at all? I'm in contact with him, yes, but not in a sort of like phoning up sort of way, you know. I mean, he's... he's, He overshadows me at all my meetings. Uh, He directs the energies through me in our meditation, transmission meditation, which our master has in, uh, induced, in, introduced to the world. But I can't ring up my train. I can call on him at any time. But I can't sort of ring him up and say, look, could you do this or that? Okay, so what happens at these meetings where Benjamin Krim goes is Maitreya comes and essentially possesses him. Okay, Benjamin Krim acts as a trans-channeler for Maitreya. 
And I, there was a man that, that first introduced me to this information about Matre a long time ago, Eastwood, and he still got, I believe, his site up about Matre. It was the, one of the first ones on the internet a long time ago, back in the 90s, mid-90s, that he had his site up there. And he actually went to one of Benjamin Krem's uh, speakings. And Benjamin Krem, I mean, it's, it's a pretty amazing account. Benjamin Krem actually had this yellow glow on him and, and uh, very, uh, very strange, macabre type of thing. Um, if you go to one of these meetings ever, you need to go. Uh, I would pray and fast before I would go. I'd have other people praying for you. And it would be better for you to probably go with two or three other Christians and uh, if you're going to do that. Constance Cumby actually went to one, and she was praying, and it totally messed the whole meeting up bad. One woman, one born-again Christian in their praying totally, basically negated this channeling effort by Benjamin Krem. And that's the power of one Christian uh, in regard to this evil. But you just have to have the faith and strength you know, in, inside yourself through the Lord Jesus Christ and His Word to believe that that can be the case. So... Just understand, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world, according to the Bible. Does he have the ability to manifest himself wherever he wants to go? Yeah, whatever. Anywhere in the world at any moment. He has he is most he is omniscient, he has full consciousness of omniscience and also omnipresent. That is a total lie from the pit of hell. Omniscient? You mean he's all knowing? He's not all knowing. That is a lie from the pit of hell. That is that is the, uh, an attribute of the Lord Jesus Christ and Father God. That's not an attribute of, of um, Maitreya or Satan himself. Satan is an entity. He's not omniscient. He's not all-knowing. He's not all-powerful. He's not omnipresent. But the Lord Jesus Christ, Father God, these are those things. Okay, And Satan desires to be like Almighty God, but he can't be. But he wants to portray a counterfeit version that says he is. Okay, and a lot of times he may be able to appear that way. Why? Because he's got demons and devils all over this earth monitoring things. And they're in an unseen realm. We can't see them. And they can report and communicate with one another. So it's no wonder that, that sometimes they can try to pull off the fact that they think that they're these things, when in reality it's not the case at all. You know, it says in the Bible, uh, a, a little sparrow could not fall to earth, but God would know about it. Well, it's like that with my prayer. Nothing can happen that he doesn't know about. Well, there are some that say that he is a proponent of a one-world government, so I'll chat with you about that, Benjamin, when we come right back. Our guest this hour, Benjamin Krem, representing the Maitreya. And uh, we'll also find out what the Maitreya thinks some of the world's most pressing problems are at this time when we come back on Coast to Coast AM. Benjamin Quarum's website is linked up at coasttocoastam.com. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. I'm George Norrie. Benjamin Krem with us. Benjamin uh, there are some who believe that the Maitreya would love a one-world government. What's your uh, what's your view on that? No, it is not the uh, the plan of hierarchy. When I say hierarchy, I mean our spiritual hierarchy, of which Maitreya is the head and leader. It is not the plan of hierarchy that the, this world should have one form of government. In fact, 
Remember, he is of his father the devil, and of his works he will do. He was a liar from the beginning. That's all he knows. Okay, So, he can come and he can say whatever he wants to. But understand, we're dealing here with one of the greatest master deceivers the world's ever known in Benjamin Krem. Essentially the false prophet for the Antichrist. So, please don't expect to get a straight answer out of him, because it's, it's just not going to happen. See, a multiplicity of different viewpoints, different ways to organize what we call government, so the, the, the manifestation of all the, the disciplines and, the, and the, uh, the ways of living and relating which make up our own present world. And they, they see a refining of all these ways and they will be, have some things in common, but they will be quite different depending on their individual destiny, the type of, of background, how old they are as nations. Older ones and newer ones will be different in style. And some nations are very old. Britain is old. Japan is old. France is old. America is very new. Mm -hmm. Russia is very new. And the, the differences in outlook are, are the result of this, whether you're old-looking or, or new-looking, or new you know, whether you, you have all the, the exuberance of youth that America has, but also maybe some of the naivety of youth. And maybe Britain and France and, and Japan have a, have a wider outlook, a, a deeper outlook, but maybe not the, the outer physical uh, exuberance to, to make a big noise about it. And it certainly doesn't have the size and, and wealth and, and resources of, of America. But America is a, a very important and very influential, uh, has a very big influence in the world. But it is an influence coming out of a very new nation, and that new nation cannot always be right. One of the problems for America up till now is it always believes it's right, and it believes that its way is the only way for the world. This is not hierarchical view. They don't see one world government, call it American style, or, or Russian style, or Chinese style, or any other style. They see a world full of differences, all categories, all individual individual types of, of nations with different talents, all adding to a great tapestry, which together makes humanity. And that humanity they see as a brotherhood, sisterhood, that we are all one. Basically, fundamentally, behind all the differences in religion and in age and in talents and in outward appearances, we are all one, brothers and sisters of one world. This is the essence of the hierarchical view of the world. And in fact, as far as humanity, as, as far as humanity is concerned, unless we can come to a realization of that oneness and put behind us war forever, then there will be no world. We will destroy the world. We uh, seem... Okay, so again, notice the, the whole push for unity, one world order, we're all one. No, we're not all one. Jesus said in, in his word, Think not that I can come to bring peace, but a sword. 
And a man's foes will be those of his own household. And, and husband will be against wife and daughter against, you know, these types of things. So the, the word of God causes division for the most part. It doesn't cause unity. Now, I understand, yes, it's good for brothers to dwell in unity together. Okay, These types of things as a born-again Christian, that is a good unity. But that unity has no business being united with, with um, Buddhists or Hindus or Islam people or these types of things. And again... Benjamin Krim and Maitreya are saying that's the only way. And if not, we're going to destroy the world. And you know what? The world's not going to be destroyed because if that were the case, um, that would be indicated in the word of God. There's going to be a lot of cataclysmic things that happen during the tribulation. But again, all of these things are fear-mongering about, about we're going to do this and we're going to do that if we don't change or whatever. My hope is in the Word of God, not in some environmentalist or some uh, religious figure coming on the horizon to supposedly save the world. ...to be in the midst of an economic uh, collapse, even though we're holding on by a thread right now. What would the Maitreya or the other well, masters of wisdom recommend? They recommend very simply a complete change in our way of relating economically. How so? They see, as I've just said, that the world is one. Yes. And that basically all the people of the world, of whatever color or class and background and teaching and so on, they all have the same basic needs. We all need food, enough food to live. No creature can live without food. So food is the first thing. We all need shelter. We all need work. We all need health care. And we all need education. These are the basic requirements and should be natural to all people, given as of right. And therein, as you know, the United Nations Bill of Rights, that fundamental to the Bill of Rights is the right of food, of livelihood, of shelter, of health care, and of education. And it's very ironic because the people that are behind the United Nations and, and these types of, of evil uh, people and entities are the very ones that have caused so much of the misery in the world regarding starvation, food, regarding like forced vaccinations which have def, uh, decimated large populations um, or, or vaccination programs, I should say, through like the UN and the and the World Health Organization, the ones they have planned for the future regarding the uh, swine flu. Uh, so many of these people that are behind the UN are these globalists that have these big, gigantic chemical conglomerations, or the pharmaceutical companies, these types of people which promote and um, put out sorcery, which, which is where we get the root word for uh, pharmakia from, uh, which is pharmacy, or pharmaceuticals. And I've done whole studies on these subjects, but they're the very ones that are guilty for the very things, for the much of the very ills that the planet has, okay, um, regarding, let's say, the pollution issue, okay, you can blame the chemical conglomerates and the, you know, big oil. We have technologies out there where we could totally not even have to have combustible gas engines on the road, okay, and all of this technology is being suppressed as, as well as they can suppress it. And as a result, we're forced to rely on fossil fuels, and we're forced to rely on pharmaceuticals for our health care. All of these things that are contrary to the Word of God, the technologies out there exist. They're just being suppressed. And the very people that are doing it are the very ones 
that are behind the United Nations, and yet they're the very ones that are coming to the forefront through, uh, ultimately through this devil Betraya, this Maitreya character, and Benjamin Crown, that are going to be able to offer the solution for humanity, and they're the ones that created most of the problems. And I understand there's demonic forces behind them, which is really the source of the problem. Okay, but it's just ironic how how you know they 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 work things. Sounds like our new agenda here in this country. Yes. Well, hmm. go ahead and do it. I mean, lead the world if you must. America always has to lead the world, but sometimes it, it will find itself following the rest of the world, and I personally wish it would do so a little oftener. On the face of it, all of those things seem very uh, gallant. You know, they, they... Indeed, they are necessary for life and would result in a war without the, in a world without the kind of crisis that we are going through today, there is nothing more distorted than our economic structure. And Maitreya comes as a teacher to show us how to live together in peace. How will the Maitreya show up, Benjamin? Well, he will come first of all on television in this country, and then in Japan, and then throughout the world. And he will not be called Maitreya. He will not declare himself as Maitreya so that people can relate to him for his ideas, that they believe in the things he is talking about. What will he be referred to as? Well, Mr. So-and-so. Jimmy Bob. That's what he's going to come as, Jimmy Bob. No, um, again, look at how he's coming. He's coming through deception. He's not going to come supposedly portraying himself to be who he really is. Uh, wasn't that deception? Well, no, but we, we, we couldn't handle that if, if that was right off the bat. Well, it's, it's, it's a deception. But again, he's the father, you know, his father's the father of lies and of his works. He will do, so that really shouldn't be any surprise to us. Okay. All right. He and wishes to be seen as, in the beginning as one of us. Okay. And then gradually as people respond, more and more people who see the truth of what he says... And one of the extraordinary things is you will find it will be very simple. He will talk, as I'm talking now, about the need for sharing as the only way to produce trust. The need for trust as the only way to get justice in the world and peace in the world. Because if there's no justice, there will never be peace. And if there's no peace, there is no future for humanity, because now we can destroy all life, human and subhuman alike. Now, is the Maitreya right now in a physical body? Yes, he's in a physical body, which is self-created. He has a body of light in the Himalayas, what is, what is called at rest in the Himalayas. But in the few years, about five years before 1977, when he came down into the everyday world, he had been creating a body which allows him to live at our level, resistant enough to our vibration and the vibration of the modern world, and at the same time sensitive enough to his higher vibration as the world teacher, the Christ to Christians, Maitreya Buddha to Buddhists, and so on, that allows him to bring in that consciousness so that we can recognize him as the Christ or the Maitreya Buddha or whatever is our own particular uh, view of him 
and there will be some that, respond to him. There will be some that will not welcome him. You know Indeed, that. indeed. There are people today who don't welcome the idea of him. They've never met him. They've never seen him. They've never felt his energies. They've never experienced the love which is his being. And yet they think he's the Antichrist. I mean, it is, to me, so bizarre. Does it offend you? It's not bizarre when you compare what he's saying to the Word of God. Now notice, he's saying he's coming as the Christ. He didn't say Jesus Christ. Okay, remember how I said there's a distinction to be made here between this ascended false, um, ascended false master, or Jesus, Sananda, Emmanuel, who is the one that looks like all the pictures that we have that hang in most of the churches and in the Catholic churches, the long-haired, good-looking version of Jesus. It's the exact same one. Maitreya looks different, and he's coming as the Christ. Okay, So remember, there's a distinction there that, that needs to be made as well. No, it doesn't offend me, but it is sad because they are blocking themselves from the greatest experience that they could have in this world. You know, when you were on with me four years ago, I got emails from people. And, and I've got to tell you, Benjamin, you're a very pleasant person. But people emailed me uh, by the hundreds saying that they were feeling ill, physically sick. When you were, Remember, we talked yes. about that. Yes, and they, they called kept, me they the late man of the Antichrist. Yes. They did. Yeah. They did. Well, they were, they were, you know, they were picking up on this. Probably a lot of them were actually uh, born-again Christians. Some of them may have not even been, but just were picking up on the evil that emanates and operates at this man. Remember that the Bible is very clear that um, when the Antichrist makes his arrival, he is going to cause craft to prosper in his hand. He is going to perpetuate witchcraft. Witchcraft will be the essence of the coming one world religion. The New Age movement, which will embody the coming um, one world religion, which all these other religions will amalgamate into, New Age is witchcraft. And the Antichrist is going to emanate and operate at a higher level of witchcraft than any one the world has ever known. He's going to be like the greatest sorcerer the world has ever known. And through his sorceries, he's going to deceive the masses. So when people get physically ill, when they listen to... Um, the interview, it's no wonder, particularly if you're born-again Christian, it's grievous to the Holy Spirit that lives inside a born-again Christian uh, regarding what is being said here. Okay, Now, um, I'm not going to give this away too soon, but um, as far as being physically ill, we're going to look at, in the uh, next part of this, what actually ends up happening to George Norrie in this exact interview, which I think is pretty telling. Uh, tell me about this star that we're in. Hearing so much about. As he approaches the time when he's coming out, right out into the physical plane, speaking in the everyday sense of the word, he is here. He has come down from the Himalaya in uh, July 1977, but has not come outward into the everyday world. Now, in the arena of the world, he will present his ideas, and it's up to us to respond or otherwise. But to prepare the way to humanity to, to recognize that this is true, that this is happening, he has presented the world with a whole series of extraordinary signs, miracle happenings by the score for years and years and years. And the latest of them all is uh, not exactly a star, but what looks like a star. 
Okay, now we're going to go to the fourth part now, where he actually talks about these stars that are going to be appearing. But again, he emphasized all the other miracles and lying signs and wonders that uh, supposedly Maitreya has been manifesting for really decades. And he's got these documented up on his website at Share International. And we're going to go to part four now. A star-like luminary of tremendous brilliance, which can be seen in daylight or in the evening, in the night, all over the world. There are actually four of them, so that everywhere, north, south, east, and west, can see one of these stars. And, of course, they're not stars, but they are gigantic spacecraft. What? They are gigantic spacecraft. <laughs> it's pretty funny, George Norrie's reaction. <laughs> He's like, what? Yes, they're, they're not stars. They appear as stars. But, again, if you go up on and you watch the, uh, the videos of the star... Uh, whether you be up on Sharon National, I gave you the links to do this on my PDF. You know, these things are changing color. It looks like the bottom side of a large spacecraft is what it really looks like. And, you know, these types of things. So, um, this is what we're talking about here. Each of them about the size of five football fields put together. And the... So again, the spaceships are about the size of five football fields put together. So they're pretty big boys. They can project a lot of light. And uh, that's, he just wanted to elaborate on that. ...from the sun and become incredibly brilliant, like a, a star or a, or a very bright planet like uh, uh, Venus or, or Jupiter. Mm -hmm. And yet... They don't behave like Venus or Jupiter. They change color all the time. They move about. They're not on a tra one tra trajectory as the planets are. And, of course, they're infinitely nearer us than the stars, and yet they look like a star, but brilliant in the extreme. And this is a repetition and relates to the star of Bethlehem. You know, when, when, I remember, when yeah. Jesus was born... Uh, there were three wise men mm -hmm. from the east who were led by a star to the point where Jesus was born in Bethlehem. They followed the star, and over the days and, and weeks of their travel, the star went ahead of them and then stood still over. That was a spacecraft. It wasn't a star, but a spacecraft. And four alike spacecrafts like that star have been created and are in place now as, a, as heralds of the event of Maitreya's physical outward appearance in the world. Although he won't, at first, as I said, be called Maitreya. I've never heard you talk about this before. No, this is the latest. Uh, again, we got into this in the last teaching, this whole blasphemy about this being a starship that the wise men followed. It was a star in the sky, a fixed point that they followed from a given point. And it just so happened to line up over, or, or they were going and walking toward where Jesus was. That's all it was. It doesn't have to be a spaceship. Okay, so for him to say this is just, it's just blasphemy, but pretty much that's all you're going to get from Benjamin Krem, because, you know, he's of his father the devil, and of his works he will do. The latest sign, the latest event, 
So it is close. It is very, very close indeed. It could be any time. It could be tomorrow night or, or last night or, you know, a week or a month or two months from now. How will we know, Benjamin, if this individual, let's say, goes on television or goes on radio? How will we know he is who he is? Well, he won't say who he is until the day of, de of declaration when he will reveal his true status and, and, and uh, appeal to the world, call on the world. Are we seeing him now? Um, well, no, you're not seeing him now. He hasn't. He hasn't. He hasn't actually come on television. Okay. Now, no. Okay. But uh, he has appeared to many people in the world. Many, many people know the Christ. He held a, a conference in London in 1990, at which some 250 guests of people of tremendous stature and, and personal achievement in the world were invited and, and many of them came. There were kings, there were heads of, of governments, there were people in, in the, the diplomatic service, there were about 40 major journalists. There were, they kept that pretty quiet. Yes, indeed. This is a tragedy because these journalists know as well as I do that the, the one we, if we're Christians, know as the Christ. If we're not, we know them under other names. What I call, whom I call the world teacher, the Lord Maitreya, is in the world. And he, he was at that conference. He appeared and disappeared before them many times. And he, I can give you the names of two. Now, I don't know if you caught that, but he appeared and disappeared. He can materialize and dematerialize out of thin air. And again, if Satan can come with all lines, signs, and wonders, it really shouldn't surprise us that he's going to have that capability. Nairobi, Kenya, it was the same thing when he appeared there. So, again, just so, so we have some perspective there. My God, the Lord Jesus Christ, created the universe. He's what makes the sun burn, the earth spin, the planets rotate, the stars shine. He's what puts breath in my body. And... <laughs> What is that, whatever Maitreya can do, compared to what the Lord Jesus Christ does 24-7? It's nothing. People who were there, because they're dead, and I'm not infringing their free will. All right, who? One was the king of Jordan, King Hussein, Hussein. of Jordan. All right. And Maitreya asked him if he would give up the sovereignty to the West Bank in uh, in, in uh, Palestine, and to provide a homeland for the Palestinian people. And the good king Hussein said, yes, he would. And Maitreya put in charge of that. Okay, before we go any farther, and I'm going to do a little study on this today, Benjamin Krem and Maitreya and all of, of this particular movement in this direction is incredibly pro-Muslim, Palestinian, whatever you want to call it. They are very, very much only for the Muslims. And they are very much against Israel. You're going to see that. It's very, very clear. The Bible says, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil. And we're going to see what he has to say about Yasser Arafat. And, and these types of things. Now, I'm not saying there's not wicked Zionist Jews out there that are of, as the Bible terms, the synagogue of Satan, and that they're not at some of the very highest levels of the Illuminati. I'm not saying that, 
okay? But what I'm talking about here is perspective regarding Israel and the land and these poor Palestinians that have no place to go. We're going to be looking at that in depth. And because this is what he centers this on, Israel's land is really what he seems to focus on here. I was kind of surprised he brought this up, but he did. He opened up this can of worms. So I'm going to be looking at one aspect of, of what he's saying a little bit more in depth to show you what a liar Benjamin Krem actually is. We're not going to do that this second, but we are going to do this uh, further a little bit later. The other man who was in that group, who was called uh, much hated by the Israeli government and finally died of a broken heart, the, the terrific initiate and wise leader, uh, Mr. Arafat, Okay, so Mr. Yasser Arafat, who he said is a initiate, a, a wonderful initiate, meaning initiate in this terms meaning an initiate into the occult systems. Okay, you don't get to be that at that level, president in these types of things, without being involved in typically high levels of witchcraft. The Illuminati puts these people in place and they have to have the right bloodlines, they have to have the right pedigree in order to do that. Yasser Arafat was put there, but poor Yasser Arafat, and we're going to be looking at some quotes directly from Yasser Arafat. He died of a broken heart. Did you know that? I didn't know he died of a broken heart because of this whole Palestinian-Israeli thing. And he was this wonderful person that, that Benjamin Krim will let you know. He's just a wonderful person and died of a broken heart and um, just terrible. But, yeah, we're going to be looking at a little bit more in depth here. I just uh, You're just going to notice this theme regarding this sympathy toward terrorists and terrorism and the Muslim cause. It's just a very strong undercurrent in Maitreya and um, uh, Benjamin Krem. Now, the Bible talks about in Daniel 9.27 that the Antichrist is going to confirm the covenant for a week. He's going to enter into a covenant most likely with Israel and the surrounding nations in order to finally usher in this peace. He's going to come as a man of peace. Most likely after World War III. Um, we're going to have the uh, Maitreya coming on the scene saying, Listen, guys, I can, I can get us all on the same page. Listen, let me show you some of my line signs and wonders. Let me introduce you to my space buddies and my, my fleet of UFOs. And I'm going to show you who has the real power. And can't we just play nice and make peace? And everybody's going to be so probably afraid of them and probably so wanting to, to, to not actually have war. That they're gonna they're gonna confirm they're gonna actually sign a covenant with uh, the Antichrist, and um, I think that's one of the big reasons that he talks a lot about the Palestinian conflict is because he's trying to get us to sympathize with them and get us to demonize Israel in her land in order that when this covenant is drawn up that that it will be you know more favorable. Uh, We'll, we'll, we'll view the Palestinians with more sympathy than we might now, particularly in America. Um, let's go ahead and go further. Arafat was put in charge of the Palestinian cause and was told that he should try to make peace with the, with the Israeli government. But it had to be fair. And every effort to make peace, he took part in, and sometimes was very, very uh, tempted for 
finality sake to to agree to to some of the proposals put but they, oh, th this Benjamin Krem is such a liar from the pit of hell he's saying Arafat made every attempt at every peace negotiation possible and was almost tempted to take um, some of the uh, concessions that the Israelis put before him as though it was this terribly bad deal. Why, uh, why always is it that when the Palestinians want to take more of the Israeli land, it's this terrible thing that Israel has its own land and how dare they not give it all up and just give it all away to these wonderful Palestinians who are totally bent on the destruction of Israel. The Quran that they go by commands this. And I've read the verses before. Total annihilation of the Jews is the only solution. And we're going to read some verses right out of Arafat's own mouth. Remember, he's this wonderful humanitarian, just wanting peace. These are such bald-faced lies. I don't even know where to begin. But again, it's good if we can um, just look at some of the um, aspects of Benjamin Krem and what a liar that he actually is. And it's so easy to prove. That's what He makes my job pretty easy. Because so many of the things he's saying are so off the wall, so asinine, so crazy, such lies, they're very easy to disprove. So thank you, Benjamin. The, the Israeli government annexed the West Bank and offered at the very highest point, it's even less now, at the very highest point offered the, the Palestinians 41% of the, of the land. Now they're offering even less. Uh, less. So the Israelis offer the Palestinians 41% of their land, and now they're offering them less. And that's just a terrible, terrible deal of it. It's so unfair to those poor Palestinians. But that's what they will be offering. Why wasn't a deal finally struck years ago when everyone had this because opportunity? Because Andreas said again and again to Mr. Arafat, do not accept it. He said, it is unjust. And because it is unjust, it will not hold. Okay, so Maitreya tells Arafat over and over and over again that a 41% deal that the Israelis were willing to give up to the terrorists, the Palestinians who are bent on the Israel's destruction, that was unfair over and over. Don't take that deal because it's unjust. I mean, you look at this and it's like you're in the twilight zone. Now, we're going to be looking at this in depth. Uh, today, a little in-depth overview of what we're talking about here with Israel and, and how much land that they actually occupy. It will not last, so there's no point in going through the motions of accepting something which I know and you know will not last. And so, before it could be settled, before the any change of heart on the part of the Israelis, Mr. Arafat died, as we know. Remember, he died of a broken heart because of the, he could have brokered this uh, this deal that was so unfair. Some have called him a severe terrorist. Indeed, he is not a terrorist. He was a man of peace, a man with a great heart. Okay, so he's a man of peace, Yasser Arafat, a man of a great heart. He was it, it was none of those things. We're just supposed to believe this liar from the pit of hell, Benjamin Krem who's solely de devoted to the cause of the Palestinian people, not terrorists, but the people of Palestine, and was a, a disciple on the, on the level of people like Einstein, 
like Freud and Jung and... All high-level, sick, perverted occultists that he's talking about here. Yeah, he was on their level. I, I wouldn't doubt that. True. Various second-degree initiates like that. He was Notice, he says second-degree initiates. This is a witchcraft type of term. Witchcraft, they're initiates into the mystery religions and these types of things. The man of tremendous stature. Hmm. I don't know about you, but personally, I couldn't even hardly stand to look at the guy. I mean, he was so demon-possessed that I could barely even stand to look at him. But evidently, Benjamin Krem has a very high opinion of him. I wonder what the public would say about him today. Yes, well, they'll have to change their view of him when Maitreya comes openly into the world. But there was a time that he could have had total peace. They came close. They came close, but he was never offered a fair deal. The, the, the uh, again, 41% of the land wasn't a fair deal. Why did they deserve any percent is what I, I need to know. And we're going to look at that in depth in a second here. The Israelis have built so many... Um, we're at the top of the hour, Benjamin. Okay, we're going to go ahead and stop there, and we're going to go to part three, where we're going to elaborate on the subject regarding Yasser Arafat. And then we're going to come back to the George Nori interview, and you're going to hear him say something that he's never said before regarding this interview. I'm not going to give it away yet, but it's pretty pretty telling and pretty confirming about regarding the information that we're going over today here. So we'll see in part three.